Hello and welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, keeping it real for women in business. My name is Stacey Morgan. I'm the Principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts and joining me is Jane Hilston. Jane is the Managing Director of Dragonfly Marketing. Hey, Jane. Hi, Stace. We've just handed the baby off. Mm-hmm. To the baby daddy, mm-hmm. so that we don't have cute little noises or baby crying. He's very in the background. talkative now, isn't he? Yeah, he's got some. He's got a lot to say. He has. He's very cute he's and very, very talkative. <laughs> but he's not going to be talking through the podcast today, so we're no. free to jump straight in and, and chat we've got about limited stuff. time. So we've got to get stuck right in, really. He's don't had we? a feed and he's he's ready to go. Yes, dad just needs to deal with it. <laughs> I can say that because he doesn't listen. <laughs> So he has said, um, and I don't, know, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but quite often I'll go home after we have a recording day, Jane, mm. and I'll say, Jane, and I spoke about this and spoke about this and spoke about this. He said, is there going to be a husband rebuttal episode Ooh. where just our husbands get on and, wow. and defend themselves? Good question. Good question. Do you know what? I don't think there's a need for one because I don't think we're actually, I think there's been a few comments that we've let loose, but in, I, I actually don't think we've husband bashed no. I think we've actually said that they're quite good. Yeah. Occasionally they've well, annoyed like, us, they but are you know. Quite good. Yeah. I don't think there's any need for rebuttal. I'll let him know. Yeah. No, no, Heath, there's no need for that. No. Thank you. No, we're good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Today we're talking about not heading in the same direction that you thought you were. We're talking about pivoting. We're talking mm. about changing and making mm. changes when changes need to be made. Having the bravery to make those changes. Yes. Because I guess we're not just talking about a small little change here. We are talking about um, I guess because we're going to reference Lisa Messenger yep. and her closing down the Collective Hub magazine. Yeah. So we're talking about a fairly significant recognition of failure yep. of an initiative. Yep. Be that a product, a service, a cause, whatever, um, and then a reinvention. And do you know what? I don't think in my from what I can see, I don't think she's necessarily decided where she wants to land next. Yep. She's just kind of holding the fort for a while with a few existing products. So for the listeners who aren't um, familiar with Lisa Messenger, um, Google her. <laughs> that we've should be talked our tagline. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about her several times. Include, she's written a lot of books that we like to recommend that we've yeah. enjoyed reading. She's and- a she's an entrepreneur and she's positioned herself as a disruptor. To be honest, Stace, I would even credit her with kind of um, Penning that term. Coining that phrase. Yeah. yeah of, of being disruptive. So she had her first book was called Daring, Daring and Disruptive. disruptive. Now, ironically, well, not ironically, um, I guess, interestingly, where the journey begins is exactly that, because that was her first book and it was about launching the magazine, mm-hmm. The Collective Hub. She coined herself as a disruptor because she had launched a magazine when all around her magazines were closing down. Yeah, print print materials in general were on the we're way dying. out. We're yeah. dying in inverted Everyone commas. was turning to online everything. Yeah. And look, I hate, I hate, I hate that kind of um, term or, or phrase of such and such is dying or such and such is dead because generally it's yeah. not. It's just, yeah. you know, fading or maybe, re, you know, having a, re, uh, a reinvention or, or whatever. Um, anyway, what she did was launch a print magazine in a time that a lot of print magazines were not viable financially to stay in print yeah. and they were either closing down altogether or going online. Did you see the magazine first and then turn to Lisa's books or were you a reader of her books and then you discovered the magazine? What came first for Ooh, you? Oh, good question. And I can't remember. I think I had a really vague 
knowledge of I think I might have flipped through I might have bought one or two and maybe flipped through but probably wasn't as much of a um, fan until I'd actually read the book. What about you? I remember buying the magazine and going, wow, this is this is for me. Yes. I'm happy if I'm on a beach holiday to sit and flick through yeah. gossip magazines or flick through fashion magazines, but it's not really my thing. Whereas this magazine was about um, entrepreneurship and it was about having Creativity. your own business and being a woman. And yeah, yeah. and so I, I, I absolutely lapped it up. And then I would make a point of each month, the day or the next day that it was released being mm. being there and, and purchasing it and that being, you know, collective day and going home and just devouring it. I loved it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I don't think I was as dedicated as that. I, I, I like you, much prefer that style of magazine than a fashion mag, which I find a bit more frivolous. Like this had some depth as yeah. well. And, and you and I are both into um, business literature. Yep. So it was kind of really a happy medium to kind of frivol- frivolously review business literature. So yeah. you're kind of t- ticking two boxes. You could read it on the weekend and not feel like you were working. Yeah. So I, c- I can't actually remember. It was so, it was that long. Well, it was probably, what, five years ago or yep. whatever. Um. And, yeah, I remember appreciating it, but probably I had more context and um, probably was a little bit more engaged with the magazine after I'd read the story behind it. Mm, me too. And understood what she stood for. Anyway, I I mean, I'm, I, I'm assuming this was like you as well. That daring and disruptive book, I think, really resonated with me as it probably did with you and so many other uh, budding entrepreneurs in Australia and around the world because that idea of being disruptive is not only an attractive thought, like you think, wow, yeah, I've never really thought of myself as a disruptor. How can I be a disruptor? I want to be a disruptor. You know, yeah. I want to be this Lisa Messenger chick. You know, yeah. it gave you a really kind of inviting proposition to instead of just seeing yourself as a business owner, you could see yourself as this disruptive force of innovation and creativity and, you know, fabulous. Who doesn't want to, who doesn't yeah. want to tie themselves up with that dream? Absolutely. So... I quickly devoured that book and, you know, dog-eared every single page. And I think, too, even her approach to publishing her book was a little bit disruptive in that she, um, you know, published quite a a visual book. Like Mm. there's – I mean, the photos were mostly of her – granted, but she wrote beautiful, you know, she chose beautiful script and had, you know, compelling quotes all the way through it. So it was this really visual, it was a different way to consume business literature. Yeah. Um, She has a very conversational voice in her writing. Yeah. So really easy read. Easy to read. And um, yeah, it's not that kind of corporate speak. And and, and again, I think you kind of resonate with her journey as a a female and someone who's really nailing it. She quickly becomes um, someone that you admire and look up to, et cetera. Um, Anyway, so then she's gone on to publish several books since then and we've reviewed them on the podcast and we've spoken about them, um, Money and Mindfulness. um, Purpose. Purpose. That's her latest one. um, Love and Something. I didn't get that book. It was... um, I can't remember I've the other ones. Gosh, remember, there was definitely the I ones that I really brain. enjoyed were daring and disruptive and money and mindfulness. Yeah, because they're the ones where I felt that I kind of connected the most. Um, her money and mindfulness was particularly honest, and she, if if you reflect back on on where she is now, so to bring you up to date with this, for listeners, just two months ago after running the magazine for 52 issues and, and five years, Lisa has announced that she is 
closing the magazine. Yep. And this will be the last edition. The 52nd issue. Yep. Is it the 52nd? The 52nd issue. Yep. Issue 52 is the last ever. Yeah. So like this, this, if you're not familiar with this magazine, it's in, you know, uh, close to 100 countries around the world, if not more. Yep. When she launched, she launched big time. You know, she quickly had an uptake of, of, of 70 different countries that she distributed to. Yeah. Um, huge. Massive, yeah. So so when she spoke about being disruptive with this print magazine launched into an era where print was dying, she certainly seemed to be getting those runs on the board yep. and, and really nailing it with, with, you know, I guess bucking the trend, zag, zagging when everybody's zigging or zigging when everyone's zagging. Yeah. Um, so that's where she's kind of built this disruptiveness. But she's been very open and honest with her journey along the way. So her books have been raw accounts um, and celebrations as well as commiserations, I guess, of her failures and her successes. Yep. Um, but how they've, you know, not only have they been in that really conversational style, but they've been so brutally honest, mm. which I think both you and I just appreciate yep. so much. And adds to the admiration that you have because it's you're brave. not the only person in the trenches. Absolutely. You're, ha- yeah, you're having a bad day. She has bad days. Everything, everybody's okay. You'll make it through. That kind of And she talks feeling. about big failures mm. and big wins. And yep. she's she gives you the numbers. You know, she gives you the scenarios. She doesn't write in cloaks and daggers. You know, she's yeah. she's giving you the – and so, you, I mean, I, for me, I'm lapping it up going, oh, my goodness, because that's – for me, that's what I'm seeking is that, yep. oh, my goodness, so you did that and then what did you do? You know, you want to learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. That's, you know, that's partly why we do this podcast is to share our failures and our learnings and our wins in the hope that it might help other yeah. females in their business journey or their career journey, whatever they're, whatever they're doing. So anyway, so a couple of months ago, you know, you and I are exchanging text messages gasping. Oh, my gosh. Oh Have my you gosh. seen this? Yes. Yeah. What does this mean? You know, Lisa Messenger's closing down her magazine. She, you know, that was, that was her first product. Now, since she's launched that magazine, she's gone on to build other products based on this her success. So she's launched this magazine. She's written several books. So, of course, she's then hit the speaker circuit. Um, she's had phenomenal growth in her social media communities. She's now launched online programs. She mm-hmm. has, you know, a lisamessenger.com site. So she's got all of these revenue sources that she created effectively off the back of her Collective Hub magazine. Yeah. So the, the, the decision, and, and whilst if you've read all her books, you were surprised to hear that the magazine had closed down. However, if you had read all the books, you go, oh, okay, yeah. You know, I, she has spoken about the tumultuous ride that that has been financially. Yeah, and here we are. And here we are. I think, though, she probably did always end on a positive note. So as a reader, you're left thinking, oh, it's a rocky ride, but she's survived. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, completely shocked. Yeah. So you kind of think, oh, I'm well, thinking... I knew things were a bit rough, but I didn't. Wow. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, um, I was really disappointed when I first read it because I had put her on such a pedestal yeah. and, and, did, and did kind of seek to what I – you know, see this rocky path and then go, oh, amazing. And now she's 
going on to this success and this success and you can get, you know, it is going to be rocky, but then ta-da, exactly what you said. Yeah. And then this was, this is, this is massive. Yes. And I, I was disappointed for her, but also disappointed for myself that I was like, oh. I like that magazine. Yeah, I like that magazine. And I like, I like having her succeeding. Mm. That makes me feel like I can do it too. And if she's not doing it too, then... What does oh, gosh, that mean? Maybe I won't. And then I had all this self doubt, and yes, yeah. So I had this like little roller coaster of my own. Not that it's all about me, but you, you know what I mean. In well, the you put things in the context of yourself, yeah. absolutely. And um, do you know I had the same thing, but I had a slightly. And look, I'll be honest here. I was a little bit angry. Oh, angry! Yeah, <laughs> because I thought, hang on a minute, is was that disruption? Or did you just ignore good advice? Because the whole industry was pointing to the fact that it was not financially viable to print. You closed that magazine down because it was not financially Mm. viable to print a magazine. So to me, I'm like, I've just based five years of disruption. Yep. And disruptive decision and bold decision making based on, you know, hell, go and be that disruptor. Yeah, you go, girl. You can do it. You disrupt. Doesn't matter what they say because you can disrupt. And then. Actually, (laughs) was that the best decision? Now, in her case, I think it was. I think she had to go on that journey because. Without launching that magazine, she wouldn't have all the other products and the books and the story and yes. the Instagram following and, and the, the lessons and the lessons and yeah. the and the sharing, you know, and that that has been the contribution. But my initial reaction was, hang on, you know, how much, how many bad decisions did I make mm. Based on the fact that don't necessarily listen to people who say that that's not financially viable, just go and do it anyway. Yeah. Have you got any practical examples that you want to share? Or you going to- um, no, not really. But I do remember. I don't know. It's probably just a mindset. Um, but I do remember in her money and mindfulness, there was one particular. Um, there was one particular chapter where she talks about, you know, two years into the magazine, she was going through a bit of turmoil financially, obviously, yeah, um, and probably stress and all the rest. And she thinks, okay, I'm going to have to close down. I'm going to have to just call it quits and close it down. I can't do this. Anyway, she goes, no, I'm going to back myself. I'm not going to close down. I'm just going to go and employ six more salespeople. Mm-hmm. I'm going to back myself. I'm just going to, you know, fork out the money to get six more salespeople on board and we will survive. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, oh, that is the bravest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. You know, I wish I had more. I gusto. wish I had more gusto. I wish I could do that. Now, let me just read a quote. Um, from her, so in her 52nd issue of the Collective Hub, the last ever cl- Collective Hub, and and what I love about her is that she owns her mistake and her, she owns her accountability. You know, she's not out there saying it's not, you know, it's the fact that it's all the advertisers that I went to who wouldn't support me and it's, you know, the government wouldn't give me enough subsidies and yeah. my employees were all rubbish. You know, she takes accountability for it, which yeah. I just think, well, good on you. 
But she says here in a quote, my number one mistake was that I let outside forces dictate the growth and health of my company. We grew too quickly, hired too rapidly, wanted to please everybody and didn't have the right team of senior smarts on board early enough to support such a growing brand. The set, like in brackets, the sanity checker, the sounding board, a trusted right-hand person by which I mean a general manager. Mm-hmm. That's not a mistake I will ever make again. Now, I wonder if she'd had that general manager, that right-hand person, that second set of eyes. Yeah. Would that second set of eyes said, yeah, such a good idea, just go and get six more salespeople? Because mm. ultimately, if we look back in hindsight, no. No. Not and if she, it was the right person. No. And look, and, and you know, she talks about, um, I, sh- I should have hired, and, you know, and she says she talks, she, she hired an incredible business consultant and a meticulous CFO but after much of the damage had been done, including losing $1.3 million of my personal savings. Wow. Wow. Thanks for sharing that, Lisa, first of all, Huge. because that is a massive share, you know, that's yep. a massive thing to share. Yeah. Um, but I kind of think, is that because you went and hired that six sales? Look, almost at that point, I remember I had a, de- a decision to make around either back myself and invest or, you know, do something differently. Yeah. And I read that and I went, right, I'm going to back myself. I'm just going to go out and I can't remember what it was, you know, hire another person or I just kind of think, gosh, if I would have done that based on that, I don't don't know. Like I just think, and yes, it would have been completely my decision and my responsibility, but I'm reading these pieces of of what essentially was bad decision making. Yeah. But under the guise of being disruptive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I'm being, I feel really awful for being so harsh, but I do just think people are paying attention to what you're saying and what you're celebrating in your, like you painted that to be a really good decision. Yeah. In hindsight, I don't think it was. Yeah. But I love that she's owning that it wasn't. Yes. I, I love, because she could have easily said, this is our last episode and I just want to go and try uh, not something episode, new. Edition. I want to go and yeah. try something new. Well, I've decided that this is the new frontier or yes. she didn't. Instead, she wrote us three pages of, hey, here's all the ways that I Here's sucked. where I stuffed up. Yeah. I think that's incredible. I think yeah. that's more, that's more brave than than any kind, of di- any kind of disruption. It's so brave. But and, you I, know, I, I, I can see exactly where you're coming but from. But writing that, when she was writing that, she wouldn't have known that she was going to close, you know, no. that she wouldn't, that was not a financially viable decision. Yeah. But so, for me, the learning was, you know, I don't know whether I trust reading, you know what I mean, and, yeah. and being empowered by what I read yeah. from other business owners now because I just oh. think... I don't know. Like that would have been a really bad thing for me to do. And, yeah. and I know we both would have looked back in hindsight and gone, dope. Yeah. But, you and know. And she's going $1.3 million worth of dope. But, yeah. So, <laughs> that's huge. It's and, huge. And, and far more than I think you and I would have ever invested in any decision that, that we are making. Oh, I don't have $1.3 million in savings just lying in the bank. No, but, but as far as in. You know, the decisions that we make are never on a scale that that, is, no. that, that are that massive. But no. I think it's interesting but what it she said about... be impactful. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. All in context. Mm. I think it's interesting what she said about trying... She sees that what she did wrong was putting in 
she needed a to IC a general manager, yes. someone to oversee, and then to grow the business from that point. That's right. Um, that is fundamental one hundred and one of um, the E Myth. Yes. Revisited. Yes. When you hire the next person, you just don't hire a replica of yourself and then another person that does this yourself and yes. you don't just share the work between the three people. You hire somebody and then you give them different jobs and yes. and you really work out how that's going to work. I'm kind mm. of working backwards with that with my business at the mm. moment. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of, you reading that just then kind of hit it home to me that it's that I am doing the right thing. I'm I'm hopefully not too late. Like she said, it was all too late. The damage was already done. But I have always done everything and now I've started delegating different jobs off. But I'm seeing that there does need to be mm. a general manager type role yes. um, that sits underneath me that oversees a lot of stuff yes. so that I still have the brain space and the yes. ability not to spend 24 hours a day managing, but instead st still being able to do the things that that I love, the teaching, the strategy, the, the marketing, the, yeah, the creative yep. stuff. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I will be writing my three-page letter to the editor. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yes. Yeah. And look, she's, she does speak quite openly on that point. She does speak quite openly about she built a team of 30 staff. Yeah. And ended up just having to do a lot of HR things because she hadn't put that person in. So instead of being this disruptive, creative, innovative, big picture thinker, she was coming in and having to manage the minute of day-to-day -day operations. Yuck. And and look, I, I, I probably put myself in her shoes in terms of that creative space, that big picture thinking, I can't stand that detail and I can't stand the day-to-day -day operations of anything, No, you know, let alone managing, uh, you know, 30 other people's lives. And, yeah. and for me, you know, I, I kind of, and I know this is probably a fault of mine, but for me, I just think, why can't people just turn up to work and do what you pay them to do? Why do we have to HR manage bloody anything? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. really? You, which is which? I know that that's not how humans work. Yeah. And for, thankfully, I'm I'm about to invest in an emotional intelligence course, <laughs> which. <laughs> With Susan Judd, shout out to you, Susan, um, which will hopefully help me in that department. But for me, it would frustrate the absolute, you know, yeah. um, I can't Especially swear. if the stakes were so high. Mm. So sitting there doing the managing of 30 people and not being able to do the stuff that you're really good you just at. do that. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, it not going financially well. Yes. No wonder we're here. And human issues, uh, you ha you get emotionally tied up. It's exhausting. Yes. It is draining. Yeah. And it's hard not to take some stuff really personally. Really hard to switch that stuff off. Yeah. You can't go home at the end of the this day This is not that. the numbers, you know, where you can just objectively look at them and go, right, number, 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 number. You know, and, and obviously bad numbers can stress you out. But yeah. when you're looking at analytical data and, you know, that, that might not be your thing, but you don't have that emotional attachment to it. Yeah. Whereas human behaviour, you can't help but get engrossed with that. Yes. And it's draining. Yeah. So essentially, you know, she's knocked, obviously she doesn't have the product that she needs, the 30 staff. She's knocked her staff back to four or five contractors, I think, where it's just casual. And look, I know that that's something I've done in my business as well, is mm. just, you know, I've recognised that managing, you know, full-time staff is just not my strength. I would need to get a general manager in to, yep. to do that. It's not me and it drives me batty. You know, I just want to get on with doing what I want to do. Yeah. 
growing a business, thinking strategically, big picture, being creative, not getting tied down in the in the minute of of HR management. Yeah. So I completely resonated with that. I thought it was also interesting in her letter to the editor that she she is the editor, but her editor's letter. Yeah. Uh, that she said she didn't take a salary for a certain period of time. Mm. Where. What? So Can she you says, um, my memory? Got it in front of you. So it was a, uh, it was after she said, you know, the damage had been done, including losing 1.3 million of personal savings. I was happy not to take a salary as publisher and editor in chief in order to keep our beautiful magazine rolling off printing presses because my life is so much richer for being part of the collective hub community. And I'll add to that, which she hasn't said here, but she also had several other revenue sources coming in. Yes. Yeah. 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 I didn't think about that when I first read it. I just thought, gosh, so many business owners do that. Yes. I do that. Yes. I go, oh, we really need 40 new tutus. (laughs) I don't need to be paid this week. Let's just get the tutus. And then I go, oh, that was really silly. Yes. Yes. I'll catch it up. I'll catch it up later on. I will. I'll always get that back. Or or uh, I won't pay my super or, you know, or I'll I'll forego something for me, a pay rise or whatever, because we, you know, we'll invest in this and we'll prolong that. Do you know, after I had that period in my business where I didn't pay myself for a period, six months or whatever it was, when I started paying myself, I made a vow to myself that I would never, ever not pay myself again from this business. Mm. So if, if um, I don't know what you call them, creditors or debtors, whoever I have to pay, um, if they have to wait, minor detail, <laughs> if they have to wait because I've prioritised paying myself, because eh. I know for me, I'm never going to leave anyone waiting too long. I, I'm, yeah. I will always pay my bills as soon as I can on time. Yeah. Um. So for me, I just thought I'm not doing this if I don't get paid. And I don't get paid as much as I need to. Should get paid. Yeah. What my market value is. Yeah. But again, I've set some some boundaries around that and gone. Well, if I'm not going to be getting paid that by this time, I'm We're not done. doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah. My, you know, my, my... And that's brave in itself to get to that point in your business where you go, actually, no, I am worth... I'm worth it. I'm worth it. And he, this is what I'm going to do to ensure that. Yes. Because it makes you very bitter when you then work as hard as you do and you don't get financially compensated. And that's compensated. what she says. Does she? Yeah, she does. She says there's only so long that you can continue in that way. Mm. And I think that is so, so true. Yeah. You, because otherwise, well, your family suffers or yeah. you're, you know, unless you're in a situation where you actually financially don't have to work, which, you know, yeah. let's talk about the pointy end of the market. Yeah. Um, most people are in a situation where some sort of an income for what they do day to day is required. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So, yes. So, yeah, look, um, the other thing that, that she um, she touched on just quite quickly is that obviously it was a very, very difficult decision for her to make because the brand itself was so loved. You know, you and I are sitting yeah. here going, that has just left a massive hole in yeah, our life. In our existence. In our existence. Yep. I don't follow the social media stuff. I just really liked the magazine. Yeah. So I follow the social media stuff. It's just pictures of the magazine. Well, <laughs> that's right. So yeah. I get excited about the next issue. Issue and there is no next issue. And no. Yeah. And now so, I get depressed when it comes up on my feed. And that's <laughs> hard when there's an, you know, when you know that there's a massive tribe out there that relies on your product and you want to do everything you can to to not disappoint them. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, as she said, just because something has so much love doesn't mean it has the financial viability to keep it alive. And I can think of products and businesses locally, you know, and and um, events that have sub- been subjected to that, you know, that whilst they are much loved, you know, you don't get enough people wanting to actually part with their dollars to sustain it. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you've got to go into that shop that you love and make a purchase. Absolutely. Buy your coffee or, you know, order your takeaway or whatever you need to do because... We've all it, got to be able to pay ourselves it's the somehow. Dollars that, yep, it's the dollars that will keep them there. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So you are very brave, Miss Lisa Messenger. We take our hat off to you. Yes. Yep. Oh. Yeah. It, it, and still very inspirational. Um, I, I, I don't think she has decided yet what her next I was going to say, I can't wait to see what she does next. Journey is. Yeah. Um, but I think we're all probably joining millions of other females and males and entrepreneurs around the world just waiting to see what what that is. Yeah. If you want to um, keep up to date with her journey, you can follow her at Lisa Messenger. And if you want to keep up to date with us, you can join us at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Miss Bossy Boots podcast. We are both very excited to head to see Lisa Messenger live Mm. when she comes to Port Macquarie. Woohoo! Yes. So that will be good fun. We will report back after that as well. Yes. And thank you so much for listening to Miss Bossy Boots. We will talk to you very soon. Bye.